1: Hi, I'm KSL's Debbie Worthen. Four years ago, my son Asher was diagnosed with autism. After getting our footing, we decided it was time to celebrate the news with all of you. And that's how Celebrating the Spectrum was born. Each week, we consult with the experts and others who are learning to navigate life with a loved one who has special needs. This is a place where we find hope, look for solutions, and connect with those working to create a better world of inclusion. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Celebrating the Spectrum. Today's guest is very close to me. It's my oldest daughter, Liv. And I always love hearing the perspectives from family members of autistic children. And many of you know that we were a foster family, and Asher was actually our second placement. And Liv fell madly in love with Asher. All right, so Liv, thanks for being here today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. There was
1: a podcast that Dad and I listened to, um, one of the first podcasts that we listened to, and it was an autistic daughter. The mom is the host. And she gave her perspective, and we actually really loved hearing that. And I thought, wow, it would be great to hear from you and at some point Ava. But Ava is supposed to be in school today, so we hope that's actually (laughs) where she is. (laughs) So we didn't bring her. Probably not. So... Um, so, Liv, talk about kind of um, when we got Asher, we picked him up day before your birthday. She was not happy about that, by the way. She told us we can't take another foster placement until after Dad her birthday. That
2: was like turning 13. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she said it would ruin her birthday if we if we got another baby. Okay, so kind of tell us about that.
2: Well, so my parents, when they would pick up foster kids, like from wherever they were, it would be a secret, and so it was like I would get picked up from school by someone like random, and they're always like, "We're just at the store," and then I get some home errands. Yeah, running some errands, just doing our thing, and then I would get home, and it's like the baby swing is out again, and there's a baby in it. That happened three times, and so
1: I don't honestly know. But what was it, it exciting every time?
2: It was okay. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It was, it was crazy. <clears throat> but I don't really know what it was with Asher that kind of s- stole my heart in a way. We have a running family joke that I had, a heart of stone, mm-hmm. before Asher came into my life.
1: Well, because um, our first placement, which we all fell in love with, but you just didn't didn't, really. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I mean, it's not like you didn't like him, but you just didn't, like, form that I just have, like, immediate yeah. bond. Like, I didn't
2: resent him.
1: I just right. didn't yeah, have, it was like, just a like, connection. Yeah, he's cute. It was kind of yeah. like, that. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's cute. That's yeah. where it ended, right? But
2: I think just with Asher, I actually remember, like, the first time I saw him, and he had, like, this, his head was all to the side because of like just, torticollis. Yeah. It's the called way torticollis. Was,
1: and the reason is he'd been in his car seat basically. Yeah, just kind of
2: stuck. His whole life. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I like walked in and I'm looking at him. He's huge for one. He had like the biggest head on a baby <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was completely bald. Mm-hmm. But he had like the, the biggest, cutest little eyes oh, he and has the, the fattest mo- eyebrows. Yeah. And yeah. it was just so cute. And so I don't know. It just...
1: Well, and I should say, we, we joked that we were going to like paint him blue for Halloween and make him Mega Mind <laughs> because he did. Like his eyes were enormous, they're, and they're still just big and gorgeous brown eyes. But yeah. yeah, I remember that too.
2: And I just, since he was kind of abandoned at the homeless shelter, he couldn't really hold up any of his limbs. He was like three months old, I think.
1: Yeah, he was three months yeah. old, and it was weird because he was big, he was but big. he was really malnourished because he, like, he's broad-shouldered, but he was really. He's really, really skinny. Skinny, yeah. But yeah. it was like you're you're holding a three-month-old who should have a little bit of, mm-hmm. of strength in their limbs and their head, and he had none of that. It was weird, no. wasn't it?
2: Yeah. And so I just hold him, but since he couldn't really move, he kind of just look at you. Mm-hmm. He just had those big eyes and... I don't know. It just clicked. It melted your heart. Yeah, your
1: heart grew three sizes that day. (laughs) Yes, I was
2: no longer the Grinch.
1: (laughs) And and as the as time went, I mean, because you and Asher have a really really special bond. Yeah, you know, and that I mean, I think it started then. But what do you think it's been that you know has just made it like you're so protective of him? But you also because you unconditionally love him, obviously that part of it. But you also just really enjoy him.
2: Yeah, I think he's probably, and I'm not kidding, I know parents probably say this all the time, he's one of the funniest people I know. Like yeah. He he is comedic, and he says, <laughs> like, I don't know where he gets the things he says. One of the funniest things I've actually heard him say in a while, and I don't live at home anymore, so yeah. I don't think I hear as much, but we were over there for Thanksgiving, or we were on vacation, and he will pretend, shoot you with Nerf guns, uh-huh. and ask if you surrender but it doesn't really matter because regardless, shot, anyway. you get shot. <laughs> but when you do it to him, you're like, do you surrender? And he says yes. And you still shoot him. He says it's a war crime. And <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know if he knows what that means. But it's just so funny. And so I I don't know. Just like living at home when he was growing up, I feel like we, I feel like I could just communicate with him really mm-hmm. well right. for some reason, even though he couldn't, he didn't really talk until he was about three. But I don't know. And I even when he did start talking, it's like we still were super close. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. Yeah. Just something yeah. clicks. But you have
1: been. And I yeah. mean, I, w- I would say of anyone, you have that real bond with him. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, okay, so we got him when he was three months old. We adopted him right before he turned one. So he's, I mean, we're the family that he knows. And, and I love that. So when he was about two and a half, we started getting... You know, some information from the pediatrician that he could be on the autism spectrum. What was that like for you? Because you were junior high at the time.
2: I think I was going into. Ooh, did we have Kai at that point?
1: Um, we did have. OK, Kai. I think yeah. I was
2: in ninth grade.
1: OK, ninth grade. All right. I remember
2: talking to some friends about it. Uh-huh. And so I remember actually the day he got his diagnosis and oh, like the final one mm-hmm. or like the
1: initial. You know, because we had that first thing where it's like, okay, we need to get some tests done. Yeah, I think it
2: might have been the initial test. And I remember Mm -hmm. I was so upset about it for some reason. Like, I was sitting in our guest bedroom on the chair in there just, like, crying about Uh. it because I was just upset. In my head, it was like, why would Asher have autism after everything he's already been through? Like, Mm -hmm. Christmas box house, homeless shelter, all that. But looking back... Maybe I was just a teenager. Like, puberty was too much for me yeah. at that point. I was too hormonal because like, I don't know why it mattered so much to me. Well, I think that it's not like it was life threatening, but you
1: were really protective of him already yeah. and you were a teenager. So everything is heightened, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. during it those was... junior high years and or in early high school. And so maybe it was just everything. And, and you did some peer mentoring, some peer tutoring, didn't you in junior high?
2: So I didn't, but I did do student government that we worked like with the special needs. Yeah. So I guess you could say it's like the same yeah. thing.
1: But so yeah. I don't know if that, you know, and just like maybe it was your exposure to kids with special needs growing up mm-hmm. and how you would perceive them or maybe perceived what their lives were like or their family's lives were like. I mean, do you think that was playing into all of that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, going through, I was in middle school at the time and I knew some people who were just like I would say honestly now outwardly mean to special needs people. Mm-hmm. And so it was upsetting just like yeah, just genuinely would bully them. And mm-hmm. it was just so funny to everybody else. And it's just like I don't you must have issues at home. But um Because you've never felt that's funny anyway. No, I've I never mean, thought that was funny. Yeah. I don't know how you think it's funny. Yeah. Like I just Well, I think it's like you have a mean
1: kid who's doing it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and then everyone else is just intimidated by that. So they, yeah. they, I mean, I guess I just think that's how that has to go. Because I remember even growing up, I never thought it was funny if anyone got picked on. No,
2: I like, don't. Like, yeah. regardless of who it is, I think it's just yeah. this vicious cycle. Yeah. But in middle school, like, I would watch special needs kids, even like kids who were pretty high functioning, mm-hmm. but obviously something was a little bit off. Right. Mm-hmm just get made fun of and it was just so upsetting because it's like I don't
1: now looking back tells you to do that do you wish you would have stuck up for those kids
2: now well I feel like there was one in particular who I remember that I was actually pretty good friends with mm-hmm. up until like my senior year of high school yeah and so I feel like me being friends with him and like I had other friends who were friends with him almost created like and this sounds Probably horrible, but like a guard around him.
1: No, that sounds great. That's why yeah. we we fight so hard for inclusion. Yeah. You know, because so. think, think of like Asher's class right now, you know, because his teacher sent us that email a couple of weeks ago just saying he's a natural leader in the class. The kids are drawn to him. He has tons of friends. And this is what true inclusion looks like. I mean, those were her exact words, which, yeah. I mean, just warmed my heart mm-hmm. because if we can get that at kindergarten, then hopefully that group of friends is protective of him going
0: forward even through
1: those years like junior high when if someone were to make fun of him one of his close friends or one of these kids in his classes would just be like you're such a jerk like what are you doing yeah
2: and it's just like it baffles me i think especially in high school where you're starting to date or you start to have genuine feelings for like the opposite sex Mm -hmm. um And so it's just like, that's so unattractive to me. When when someone does that. Yeah, I can't even imagine somebody I know, like friends or anything, being like, oh yeah, I'm going to date this guy because he makes fun of the special needs people. Right. It's like... Yeah, and actually, that's
1: funny you say that, Liv, because when I met dad, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when I met dad, that was 25 years ago, and at that time, it was socially acceptable to make fun of gay people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was that era. I mean, and, and I never felt like that was okay. I've had gay friends and people close to me really as long as I can remember, that has never been okay to yeah. me. And dad's kind of a jock, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not kind of, like he is a jock. And I remember... Um, he would still talk about it. <laughs> so, something something happening where he like shut someone down who was making fun of mm. of someone who was making fun of gay people. And it was like a huge thing for me where I'm like, I that is so attractive. It's a green flag. It's a green flag because to me it told me he is like has a heart of gold at the core mm-hmm. you know okay all right so we're like digressing yeah. but still but still fun and good information yeah. all right so so asher starts to get that diagnosis you're down mm-hmm. in the guest bedroom right. crying your little teenage My eyes little out, heart out. <laughs> and um and so now you said looking back it might it might have just been like the just puberty or just teenage a little dramatic and, and maybe things were just heightened Yeah. you know do you feel like Well, how do you feel like dad and I were responding to all of it? Because a lot of times kids feed off of their parents. And I'm hoping that I didn't give that like, we're so devastated attitude. (laughs) But were you feeling that?
2: Um, I honestly don't remember. Mm -hmm. I think the only reason I was so upset was probably fear of the unknown. Yeah. I mean, I've always just been stressed about any type of unknown live as a stressed child (laughs) just riddled with anxiety Mm -hmm. but um well no no, i mean not like in a bad she's a a bad way she's a warrior yeah yeah and so um i don't really remember exactly how you guys were reacting to Mm -hmm. it but i remember that if I remember right, I could have mm-hmm. yeah. changed well, this in my head. But but, well, But that's your reality. Yeah. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. When we got the initial diagnosis, I remember it was like our pediatrician who had just like kind of bombed it on us. Like mm-hmm. it kind of came out of nowhere. And I remember you guys being like kind of upset or confused about where it came from. But I could have made that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I did kind of feel like I was out of left field, yeah. And it was like, "Oh, he has autism." You like, know, it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, like, well, um, oh, "Wait, what's going on?" Okay. You know. Well, he was in the middle of a meltdown and the appointment, but you know. And I think that along those lines, you know, maybe to like defend our pediatrician because we actually really, really love her. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, mean, I still go to her. I'm like almost twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I think that maybe in the medical field you sort of lose perspective of of what the impact of your words sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because to tell a family that about their kid is life changing. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's a lot. And I think that before Asher, I just didn't know anything about autism. Yeah. It's a daunting. It was just very. Yeah. And it was. And big. like what Asher, how Asher acts, the things he does. That's not what I thought autism would look like. That's never what yeah, I. I, didn't I agree. I think that's what autism looked like, you know, so. Um, but the, I think the good thing was it kind of took some time to get all the testing done because mm-hmm. then by the time you finish the testing and you get the results, it's kind of like, well, it changes nothing about him.
2: Yeah. You exactly. know, it's just like, okay,
1: now we have some resources because we
2: did need some resources. Yeah. Didn't you feel like that? Yeah. And I mean, him being able to go to like Pingry, which uh-huh. you've talked about and we love, I think genuinely wholehearted, like 100% changed his life, mm-hmm. changed our lives. Yeah, I agree everybody's... Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and he's still, like, the most polite kid around. And that's he, yes, all from Pandry. he's just so cute. He's like, hey, Mom,
2: excu- excuse me, Mom. Excuse, excuse me, Mom. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's great. I mean, he doesn't really say any hateful things unless you commit war crimes. Unless you commit a war crime.
1: Yeah, if <laughs> like- you shoot him with that Nerf gun after he's surrendered, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, okay, so... As far as like getting that diagnosis, do you think that there is anything that could have prepared you for that diagnosis? You know, what would you say to other other siblings who are starting to get this news? Because I think sometimes as the parents, we underestimate the impact on the other kids in the family.
2: Yeah, I actually had a friend at work um, who her little brother had in the diagnosis that he had autism and their pediatrician had told them while he was in the room and I guess it really upset him so she was super upset about like the whole diagnosis and that everything went down the way it did but ultimately I just think like it is scary and it is a lot to take in but autism is what makes Asher Asher and yeah, it so is, it's yeah. Obviously, there will be challenges. I mean, everybody faces challenges in your life, Mm -hmm. neurotypical or neurodivergent. Like, it truly doesn't matter. And so I just think it's what makes him him. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be scary. Yeah. Like, it can be. And you can feel your feelings. But ultimately, like, it's a chance for your family to grow. Mm -hmm. It's just. And learn. And learn. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like we've learned so much. And I also think, and I don't know how you'll feel about this, because, you know, Asher tends to be a little wild family gatherings, you know. <laughs> and it's a change in in his routine and that kind of thing. But I felt like up until we got the diagnosis, it was kind of just like, oh, their kids out of control. Yeah. And now I feel like it, that I feel like it was a pivot in everyone's mindset immediately. Like mm-hmm. everyone was just like, okay, well, we're more patient automatically. Yeah. And I've been really impressed with how our extended family has like been so proactive and wanting to learn more
2: Mm -hmm. you know haven't you yeah and I think I think just like with the siblings thing I would tell people like just be patient but also I feel like it gave me an opportunity to understand how autism works Mm -hmm. better right and so with other well I can always tell now if people have autism isn't it so funny
1: (laughs) yeah because you just you look at the world through a different lens yeah you know but which is good because Mm -hmm. I think it gives you compassion
2: I I agree and so just with our extended family, I honestly feel like everybody loves him. I've mm-hmm. never gotten the vibe or like felt that anybody's like, I'm so annoyed with Asher right now. It's <laughs> I, like what? Yeah. How could you be annoyed with Asher? Yeah. Like, yeah. And he's just the sweetest little thing, but sometimes yeah, gets... But he does get absolutely psychotic. Like he and he runs a little <laughs> bit hot, so he'll be like literally, dripping literally sweat. Hot. Like dripping sweat mm-hmm. running around my grandma's house. Yeah. With all of the cousins who he drags along, and they're probably just these different characters that he's (laughs) forcing them to be. Last night I went home, and he was the live-action cat in the hat. He was calling Dad Honey. Like, it was... It was...
1: Yeah, I actually banned a live version Cat in the Hat at our house. Yeah, he just was because watching I the cartoon. cartoon. Oh my gosh, have you seen the real one? Liv, have you seen the real live version? I had an ex who was obsessed with this.
2: Ryan, <laughs> so we watched is Ryan. that
3: the one with uh, Mike Myers? Yes, <laughs> have you yeah. watched it? I have not. It
1: is the worst. I would not recommend <laughs> it. No, it's in every way. And I finally was just like, you cannot watch this in this house. Like yeah. there.
3: <laughs> I think that was on Mike Myers' downslope. <laughs> like he had this really, he had this really high point, you know, <clears> like in not, the two thousands, and then it just kind of went. Was down it Mike from Myers there.
2: Shrek? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he,
3: was yeah. Shrek. he peaked
1: there. It obviously, it was Shrek and Austin down. Powers. Maybe peaked yeah. at Austin Powers, you know, yeah, yeah. and now now he's Cat in the Hat. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. oh, he was also in. Um, what was the movie about the group queen? He was the agent in that, remember that? Bohemian Rhapsody Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> he, I didn't see yeah, that oh it's one. so good you should see that show. You loved that, didn't you, Liv? Yeah. That's a good show. Okay. All right. So um so anyways it's given us a chance to learn a lot that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the family I feel like has shown like great compassion. And mm-hmm. one thing that um I have felt like is really important is for your cousins because you're one of the older cousins Mm -hmm. your cousins that are like heading into junior high or late elementary and but I feel like it's important for them so we have one of our um, one of my sisters her kids are just like the most social most popular kids in the south end of the valley I mean you go anywhere and it doesn't surprise us because she and her husband everybody knows them everywhere you go yeah in fact once I was changing Asher's diaper at the movie theater. And I had him laying on that, you know, the little thing strapped in. I said to this lady, washing her hands, I'm like, do you mind just watching him for just a second so I can wash his hands? And she's like, do I know you from somewhere? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm on TV. And she's like, wait, are you Becky's sister? And and so it's just Humbling. like... Humbling. <laughs> like, no, it was just so funny because, but I mean, generally when most people say that, it's like, oh, I work for KSL. Yeah. And they're like, oh
2: yeah, that's where you, that's why you look familiar. But it's just funny because... No, everyone knows Becky. Everyone I mean, knows Becky. And their kids. We saw some of her friends on our vacation in Arizona yes
1: we did I mean we just see them everywhere but the great thing is her kids I feel like can be such a tool for good when it comes to neurodiversity because they're starting to really understand it and people look up to her kids a lot Mm -hmm. I mean so when they're out in the community they're out with their friends I mean I think about if if Rusty or Brody were to see you know someone bullying a special needs kid or you know, just whatever, they would understand, mm-hmm. like, oh, that kid has autism, or that kid, you know, yeah, deserves a little bit more um, help and compassion here. So I think that's been good. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more with my oldest daughter, Liv.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.
1: We're back here with Liv Gilbert. She's my oldest daughter. She's turning twenty soon. Yep. Yep. And yeah, She moved out last year, and and but I should say one of the reasons you did not want to move out to go to college was because you could not handle the thought of <laughs> not being able to see Asher every day.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it it's hard. So <laughs> it's hard still. Yeah. I will watch. We have a family group chat called the Gilbert Gang. Yeah. (laughs) My dad, everybody sends videos of the Mm -hmm. babies. All the time. They're just like, they're so funny. Yeah. It's actually and, uh, weird thinking that they're my siblings. Well,
1: it's actually fun because, I mean, you're an adult. Ava's a senior in high school. So we almost have this group of adults like watching these two little kids <laughs> grow up, you know, and and they're crazy and it's fun. And I actually remember my youngest sister that we just talked about, Becky, and her amazing kids. <laughs> Becky was nine years younger than me growing up. And I remember we used to take her on dates with us, you know, because we were yeah. always babysitting. So it's like, well, we, I can go out with you tonight if I can bring Becky. But it's. It was fun because I felt like, you know, your situation where you're watching these kids and because adults think what their kids do are cute and funny. Yeah. You know, but you guys see that as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm like 13 years older than Asher and Mm -hmm. 15 years older than Kai. Right. And so it's just crazy because it's almost like they're my children. Yeah. But uh, not as hard. No. I don't even (laughs) even live there. So I can't claim that. But moving out was just, I don't know, I still will watch the videos that my family sends. And, and sometimes it, you have FOMO. Yeah, I, I have FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'll just go down these rabbit holes yeah. of watching these super old videos of Asher. Well, yeah,
1: you send those. Us. In fact, you sent one of Kai yesterday or like two years ago today. It's so
2: cute. Yeah. She was watching The Mandalorian with me because yeah. she is obsessed with Baby Yoda. Right, right. And there's this part where Baby Yoda eats a frog mm-hmm. and she was like freaky that's so freaky <laughs> I was like, "Oh and my she was gosh. so little she, it was just so yeah she was like three years old yeah. was so cute yeah. but I'll watch these older videos and they're always yeah and my they're always popping in my Snapchat memories Yeah. and so I'll just go down these rabbit holes and I'll honestly just cry and cry and cry <laughs> and cry because I'm like I never want Asher to grow up I want him to stay this little well they both say they're going to be kids forever I asked Kai last night on her Jenga McDonald's yeah. toy it says what do you want to be when you grow up up and she said a kid forever well yeah so the other night we had a big sleepover at my
1: mom's this is the cousin's sleepover it should just be called a slumber party because nobody gets any sleep
2: i was not there oh either. you weren't there yeah so
1: <laughs> so her pjs were like way too big she's this scrawniest little thing so i pegged the pants you know because Becky had hers pegged, and some of the teenagers had theirs pegged just to kind of roll them up because yeah. we're all shorties. So I pegged her she's like, "No, don't do that. I don't want to look like a teenager. I'm a kid oh, forever." You know, and
2: that's so weird because I feel like little kids just always want to grow up. I always felt that way. Like, didn't you? Be like, I'm surprised she doesn't want. I mean, when Ava and I would get ready for school dances, she would have to get ready, yeah, like right, with us, right? But the fact that she wants to be a kid forever is just like good yeah good stay cute as, that, as long as you possibly can yeah but right. I'll watch these videos of Asher and I'll just be like I miss Asher so much yeah. and I don't think my boyfriend understands because he didn't have younger siblings but Yeah, it's just like I was even looking at this picture from the pool and Asher is super tall mm-hmm. just skinny he's just so cute he's yeah. so long I just want to like grab him and he just wrap. well actually when you give him piggyback rides he yeah. does not wrap his limbs around you
1: no it's like dead weight he hangs yeah. off
2: of you like a baby sloth well there are
1: times he's like mom carry me upstairs in the middle of the night back to his room. It's like, I don't want my heart rate to get up right now. It's 2
2: a.m. He weighs <laughs> you know? a lot. He like, weighs 60 pounds. He's big. Yeah, he's big. Um, anyway, so I watch these videos and I just miss him. And so moving out was hard because I feel like I'm missing out on so mm-hmm. much. And even like... She lives a half an hour away. I live in Provo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, still, it's you're still not there for the day-to-day yeah, stuff. It's like almost too long of a drive to like... And mm-hmm. it's, it's just expensive to drive now. Yeah. And so I just can't come home every day. Right. And he wishes. He, he does. He does not like Provo and that I live
1: in Provo. No, no. Yeah. In fact, our first apartment, we were moving her in last year, <laughs> and it was one of those apartments that are, like, kind of, like, the entry is halfway underground. Okay? Yeah. Like, the main floor is, like, halfway yeah, under. Yeah, like, my
2: window was at ground level. Yeah.
1: So, we're we're pulling in. It's the first time we've seen it. He's like, what? Liv's moving into a bunker? <laughs>
2: I don't uh, know where he
1: gets all these terms. I know. Bunker and war
2: crime are probably related in some way.
1: But I think the difference, too, now with you coming home is instead of just him being relaxed and just his normal self when you come home, it's kind of like everything's crazy because it's such novelty for you to be there now. Yeah, it
2: is kind of crazy. I mean, I even went home last night um, with my boyfriend, Chad, who they love. Mm -hmm. They call him Chatty. Chatty. Yeah, Chatty. And so we were there, and it was just like, as soon as I came into the entrance, they were like... Yeah, just so pure it's chaos. Just like, yeah. So chaotic and yeah. he was dressed up as the cat in the hat with mm-hmm. like this fedora on and eating <laughs> grilled cheeses, but I don't know. I I love the energy in our house and I miss it a, yeah, most of the time. And then you're ready to
1: leave by the time you're going back home,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it just, it was hard moving out because it's like, he was, he's my little best friend. I mm-hmm. mean, even in the middle of the night, if he woke up, he wouldn't go into my parents' room. He'd mm-hmm. come downstairs. And which, sometimes
1: we send him down there. Like, <laughs> go get, go get in with Liv.
2: Which every night scared the crap out of me. <laughs> but I'm the well, only one in the basement. Yeah. So I'd hear the door open. It would register <laughs> as he was like coming like a through movie. the door. And he's huge. But he'd just get in. He's so snuggly. Yeah, he's so snuggly. So I just, I I missed that. But yeah. it's, I don't know. It's okay. I yeah. just try not to think about yeah, it. Yeah, no.
1: Well, I love the relationship that you guys have. And I think if other families, if other families who are getting the autism diagnosis could like have a day in our house and see the relationships. <laughs> no, I think it would put their minds at ease, yeah, because I agree. we obviously have challenges that that other families don't have. I mean, there mm-hmm. are some behavior issues at times, and i'm not I'm not even saying they're like outrageous and and so over the top that you don't know what to do, although I do know some families with autistic kids who they do have that, but it's just like we've sort of just had to alter things a little bit now, we've always been like a huge um Schedule family anyway, yeah, I mean, we are the like our kids are always embedded a certain time, and it's not because we're that organized. It's just because, like that's how we've had to be to function with yeah. life in a family where two parents are working, and everything's highly scheduled. Mm-hmm. But I think that's been really, really good for Asher, you know, because expectations yeah. and and now it's funny because now he'll say like, Okay, what day is it today? Oh, it's Tuesday. Okay, so you work today. You don't work Thursday and Friday, right? So now he's like he's like clued into that now, which is just like so amazing. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, he's so cute. But I think if if other families could see this relationship that you have with Asher, it might put aside a lot of their fears.
2: Yeah, and I personally feel especially with having Asher and Kai at the same time, mm-hmm. I would typically be the babysitter with watching Asher and Kai in a Especially Asher with having to communicate with him and try to problem solve in a different way that you would with other kids. Yeah. Because if you threaten Asher, not that we like threaten him, but if you like no, no, but like with with, with other kids, kids like, you're like yeah. if you do
1: that, you're gonna you're not gonna be able to watch your iPad. If yeah, you, you know, and
2: it just like it does. That is not how Asher responds Mm-mm. to trying to give direction and Mm -hmm. Kai just doesn't even care. She'll like look right in your face and do whatever you said not to. (laughs) The smile. (laughs) Give you the bird and walk off basically. (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. With Asher, I actually have felt super prepared to have kids, Mm -hmm. which I know probably sounds naive, but I feel like I'm equipped to communicate with my kids in Mm -hmm. a way that they'll understand. Mm -hmm. Like there's this term going around I think, I don't know how long it's been around, but I was exposed to it on TikTok actually Mm -hmm. by, there's a few creators who have kids and I love their videos because they, it's basically videos of them disciplining their kids, but in a gentle way, like gentle parenting. Mm -hmm. And so she'll just talk to her children, like ask them, let's say they pour something out. Mm -hmm. It's like what happened here and her kids feel completely safe enough to come up to her and say hey I made a mess or I poured that out and she'll be like oh why why did you do that he's like oh I don't know I was just trying to do like one of them Mm -hmm. was poured and he was like oh I was adding oil to a car like it's a car engine Mm -hmm. and so she was like oh like that's she validates it like that's really creative and Mm -hmm. then the consequence is like you help me clean up Mm -hmm. and this is why we don't do it it's not like uh, it's not so harsh I feel like Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been a huge shift because even when I was growing up, I was never like super hardly criticized by my parents, Mm -hmm. but I do know people who would get like super harsh consequences yeah. as little kids and, it's and, just and like, i should
1: say Liv was always like the rule follower <laughs> yeah i mean I, she was she was the rule follower i it came to kids yeah
2: well i had a fear of the unknown how was i gonna break a rule i didn't know it was gonna happen <laughs> so um but with that i feel like with asher even with kai but with asher i can communicate with him where it's like he's upset it's like what are you upset about mm-hmm. even like my boyfriend, he, I feel like, would, would do super well because if I'm ever upset or if there's something that's bothering anyone, his automatic response would be like, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you want to be asked.
1: Yeah, you want to be validated. Not like what's wrong mm-hmm. or
2: something like that. It's like, how mm-hmm. are you feeling right now? And with Asher, it's like, I hope with my kids, when I build that trust with them, it'll be like, oh, I'm feeling frustrated or something mm-hmm. like that because it's obvious, like, kids are people they're just little people yeah. they feel the same emotions adults do but they're just like super exaggerated because they're tiny
1: yeah and they don't know how to process it well that's funny yeah. you say that when you were like i can't remember what grade you were in like first or second grade i remember you um saying something like well um i they said that i need to i can't remember what it was but i was like live that doesn't matter and i was trying to be like good like you don't need to worry about it that doesn't matter and you said it matters to me and it was just like, oh, <laughs> okay. And it was that kind of that light bulb moment for me where I thought, okay, so just like adults, kids have their own set of worries and stresses and issues at school, just like we have at work. Yeah. It's just there. It's a different little world that mm-hmm. they're living in, you know? And I think that's, that's really, that's interesting. You say that the other thing is, you know, as a parent, sometimes you're just like, oh, Stressed out and mad and tired and whatever. <laughs> so you walk into a situation and it's like, oh, cereal bomb in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. And your natural instinct is just to be like, what is going on in here? Yeah. Where really and I've I've tried to be better at this, especially in the last several years, not to like react. You know, yeah. don't don't have reactionary parenting. So when you walk into a situation like it's like Oh my goodness! What what is happening? Yeah, you know, but more like your tone, just like mm-hmm. what is going on in yeah. here? <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, for parents, we're we're highly stressed. We have a lot going on. You always have these like time restraints, and you're always, you know, you're always on a schedule. And I remember my older sister. I thing is, an awesome mom, she has six kids. I remember her saying about little kids, they're not on a schedule. No. So when you're like trying to get them in the car when they're just first starting to be able to, you know, get in the car and buckle themselves in. It's taking them forever. Like but they're in
2: no rush. They're not on a schedule.
1: <laughs> you know, and you are. So it's like, come on, come on, come on. Okay, sorry, Liv, I interrupted.
2: No, you're fine. Uh what I was gonna say is like when Oh, I was gonna say, don't I don't want to react with my emotions. And that's something mm-hmm. I've tried to get better with. Like if something frustrates me, not that I have like a lot of interactions with little kids now, mm-hmm. but even just like I play lacrosse, so on the mm-hmm. field. If something is just like, oh, I am just furious about that, it's like, don't react with your emotions. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just a good yeah. life standing. Yeah. But with Asher, where his mind is just so creative, mm-hmm. like you've mm-hmm. talked about, he just, cr- like, staplers, hole punchers, oh, that, paper. Lacrosse. It's just like, I don't even, I can't process trying mm-hmm. to do all that, like tinfoil tornadoes everywhere. And
1: it's all
2: 3D. It's all 3D. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And so where his mind's so creative, when he does, if he were to create a mess or do something it's like i would want to know why Mm -hmm. and then this parent who i like admire her parenting she will give them an outlet and Mm -hmm. so it's just like with asher it's like oh if you feel like you need to cut something cut this yeah like come tell me and i can satisfy that need but let's just do it in like a safer way right or stuff like that yeah whereas i think with asher and he does not respond well like It's not like he gets mad at you Mm -hmm. if you get mad at him. He just starts crying. Yeah, he gets Like, it's so sad. It hurts his feelings. Yeah, it does. And so I think with him, it's taught me as a parent to just be patient with my kids. Mm -hmm. And, like, not all kids respond. Sometimes you have to be harsh. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to be strict. Oh, firm. Yeah, firm. Mm -hmm. But not all kids respond super well to that. Mm -hmm. And I think he's taught me. And the tone. I think a lot of it is the tone because he
1: and, you know, it's so interesting because we always hear, you know, like old, old research was, you know, they didn't think that autistic people could empathize or feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, emotion like that kind of thing. And it's like that is insane to me because I feel like Asher is ultra sensitive.
2: Yeah, I think Asher picks up on emotions. Probably the best out of anyone in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe besides our dog Harley, who yeah, <laughs> one time when we had our first foster placement, we I think you talked about this in the first episode. <laughs> maybe we had to give him back to his family, which is like is great for mm-hmm. them, like reunited great family. for them <laughs> for them. <laughs> yeah. And so well, I mean, I didn't care because yeah. I never attached to this baby <laughs> for some reason. But our dog Harley, who's uh, I don't know, he's he's probably pretty young at the time. Yeah, he's yeah. like I think he's turning. Oh, eight, nine we or don't ten. celebrate his birthdays, but I think he'll be 11 in January. <laughs> okay. So he's getting older, but at this time he was younger. And the house, our house, you could say, like if you wanted to picture the general vibe in there, mm-hmm. it had a rain cloud over it. It was it so was sad. sad. It there was heavy, a dark cloud over our house. And hardly like my parents were in their room crying. I'd like <laughs> never even seen my dad cry before until that. And then my parents in the room crying. Ava's probably crying somewhere. I was like, oh, but Harley was sitting in our front room crying. Yeah, the dog was. was crying. Yeah, he clued into it too. Yeah, but um, that's off topic. But Asher. Best dog ever. Picks, I know, <laughs> picks up on emotions so, and like maybe it's because you always hear like if you're blind, mm-hmm. your hearing is heightened. Yeah. And so maybe there's something in him. I think sometimes carrying on conversations for him can be difficult. Like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't quite pick up on, like, oh, how was school? He wouldn't ask back, like, how was your day, right? Oh, yeah. And so maybe, because that's not as evident, his response to emotions is just heightened. Mm -hmm. Because when I I went through a really, really hard breakup about a year ago, and I still lived at home, it was horribly depressing, and I just, (laughs) I mean, I... Apparently, one time my mom got home from work and Kai, the, our youngest sister, she's five. My mom was like, where's Liv? She's like, in her room crying. She's like, oh, she's in her room, and in her I, room crying. Like, you that, know I'm what? Like, That's just
1: a normal thing. I'm like,
2: this is so I probably stopped. was. <laughs> but Asher was really in tune with that. And mm-hmm. I think even, so every night when I lived there, I'm sure it still is like this, but we lay with our younger siblings until they fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So I would lay with Asher and he could just sense my sadness. Mm-hmm. And he would just like be so snuggly and he would ask these questions. Where even with Ava, Ava just went through a breakup, just barely, and she'll be laying with Asher. And Asher just wants to know more about it. And so, <laughs> and it is like he's
1: clued in. Yeah. He mm-hmm. just
2: genuinely understands. Like, I feel like he can feel your pain. It's like mm-hmm. this blanket that he can like tap into mm-hmm. that he understands. Cause he had asked Ava, um she had he had wanted he was he had this phase where he was really, really into texting mm-hmm. emojis and voice recordings. Like yeah. there was this one time. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. There was this one time and I was like, Who's texting me right now? Well, but I immediately our, knew. One
1: of our guests, he took my phone and he was texting I I'd been interacting with the guest for the show who is a, a psychologist and I get a response back from her. It's like, excuse me, question mark. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like all these emojis that yeah. he had sent
2: to her. Well, there's like two things only that Asher would send me. Mm-hmm. He has this saying. I don't know what it's from, but he said it for years. Yeah, it's what is it from? da 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 be spa. Yeah. But usually he says, he's like, da-da-da-be-spot. Yeah. i like, I don't even know yeah. what that means. Yeah, I don't either. And one time he texted me it. Mm-hmm. And I sent a screenshot to Ava. And she was like, I've always wondered how that's spelled. <laughs> that was like me too. <laughs> but it was like D-A-H, D-A-H. H Dobby and uh-huh. then Spa. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's yeah. just how it that's sounds. How it's mm-hmm. And then he sent me this series of four emojis, and it went sword emoji orangutan <laughs> sword emoji orangutan. <laughs> and he sent a voice recording after it, and he was basically animating the emoji. So it was shing ooh ooh shing <laughs> ah ah like it was the sword yeah. of the monkey, and mm-hmm. it was so funny. But he had this phase where he was text people, mm-hmm. so he loved. Or he enjoyed texting Ava's ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And she had or he had asked her, like, oh, can we text, like, this ex? And she was like, no, like, we can't anymore. And Asher was like, why? Because he'll respond with, I hate you? <laughs> <And> I was <laughs> like... <laughs> but isn't that funny? But it's funny because yeah. he understands it. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It, I don't think Ava thought it was harsh. If he would have said that to me at the time, I uh, would have thought <laughs> you it was broken. funny. You were too broken. Yeah, actually, I would have just probably started <laughs> yeah. crying. Yeah. But... He just is so in tune with these emotions. It's honestly beautiful. And, mm-hmm. like, even at school, there will be times when kids will get in trouble and he'll be like ticked about it. Yeah. He'll be like, I need to go fix this. Yeah. Like, is this kid okay? And there was this one instance where like a kid had picked on him.
1: Yeah. And, and I want you to talk a little bit about that because how did you feel when you were hearing that? This happened a few weeks ago, and we got a call from the school. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, we need to tell you about a situation. Asher got bullied today at school, and as a parent, like, oh, my goodness, I can't even explain. No, a parent only knows what that feels like after they've gotten that call. But it was just my heart sung, and so I'm like, okay, what happened? And, and they're like, well, this kid was making fun of Asher's mannerisms, and then called him the R-word, called him a retard, and... I'm like what? And now I don't know if the Asher's even ever heard that word, so I don't know if it would be like insulting to him because he doesn't know it. And so the teacher, I mean, she took action so fast. She took that kid to the principal's office as this needs to be handled aggressively and swiftly. And so um, about an hour later, the kid came back to class. He's really sad. He's like moping around because he's been in major, major he's been trouble, ripped into. <laughs> you, yeah, I mean, I know mean, it's like they don't take it lightly. Which I mean, wow, I appreciate everything yeah. that they do like that. And so he was really sad. So yeah. Asher's the only one in the class who's over there, like you don't need to be sad. Yeah, like Asher is okay.
2: comforting him after this kid like was making fun of him, and I hope that that was very eye opening for this kid because mm-hmm. it's like I just I don't understand picking on people, but when I when you, I had called you and you told me that I I feel very mama bear like protective mm-hmm. over Asher, and so yeah. it broke my heart and like I have always worried about him getting bullied Same. in school because mm-hmm. of he's not like. He's just different, and yeah. you can tell, and he's so kind, and he's so playful, and all the kids, like, ultimately love him, but mm-hmm. there are things, I'm sure, that would frustrate you as a little mm-hmm. kid, and so I was honestly pretty, I don't even know if I can, I say pissed? <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure, sure. I was, I was.
2: <laughs> That's pretty PG. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, okay. I was pissed about it, because it just was heartbreaking, and yeah. it's frustrating, mm-hmm. because it's just like. Oh, it just, it's just, surprising oh, too. Just, like, it makes you want to beat up a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, were, were you surprised? I was surprised. Were you? I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kindergarten or it's well, first, first grade, grade. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even know what's going on, but I don't know. It just, it hurt my heart. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. I just, obviously, that's like a parental thing. I mm-hmm. think it's just like he's heard that at home. Yeah, obviously. yeah, maybe. And I don't know. I just, the way Asher responded, should be so eye-opening. Well, it
1: should be an example to all of us. Yeah. I mean, it's really like, you know, love your enemies. I yeah. mean, it's just like, it's just so like incredible. Like immediate forgiveness. Immediate forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean... And that's who he is. Mm-hmm.
2: And I've yeah, learned... to his core. Like, yeah, he would never core. hold a grudge. No, I... Maybe against dad, but... Maybe against dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Brandon. <laughs> I, you know, Brandon's the one who's there the most with them, always has to discipline, always has to, you know, yeah. bedtime every day. So, yeah, he sometimes gets mad at Brandon. But I do think that we just have so much to learn from these people in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wouldn't we all be better off if we were a little bit more like Asher when it comes yeah. to those kinds of things? I agree. And just his his genuine innocent um, enthusiasm and curiosity about the world yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he
2: asked questions I wouldn't even
1: right. know to ask. Right. You wouldn't even think about. Yeah. You know, and when we were leaving Luminari the other night, he just like kind of blurted out. He's like, I'm just living. My, I'm just well, he living. He was on my shoulders. Oh, that's when he's on your shoulders? Yeah. What'd he say? He's
2: like, I'm just living in the moment. Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Good. Living in the moment. It's my back. I'm getting scoliosis at the moment. <laughs> my spine is decompressing.
1: As as you're carrying Asher around. It's been really fun to have you on today. Yeah. I mean, it's one of our favorite topics, Asher. <laughs> yes, so I agree. You
2: could talk about him forever so if it's not if obvious. If you
3: stuck around with us long enough. Yes, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I know we got to wrap this up, but mm. I kind of had a question yeah. because you we were talking about um reactive emotions parenting to, to think, right yeah. i mean i think every parent experiences that yeah how do you short circuit or interrupt those overreactions mm. is there a technique to it or is there something you do mentally to be able to be like okay i'm i need to not yeah. react this way before yeah. you cause any more yeah. stress or? is grief? this for live or for me
1: I mean, Both. you parent.
3: You're, you're the... yeah, am a you're kid. The, you're the, you're <laughs> well, the parent. But maybe she's learned some stuff too. So.
1: Well, no, I think that... So that sister I was talking about a, a little while ago, my oldest sister with the six kids, she one time said, I'm not going to parent with emotion anymore. Like, if my kids are being bad. I'm not going to yell at them. I'm like, they face the consequences for their actions. And I love that so much because I'm big on tone. Like, I just really hate like a negative or I hate the tone. You know, tone's big for me. So, um, I mean, I do really try to not yell. And we're not really yellers in our house. Liv and I were talking about this this morning.
2: Yeah, I don't think I
1: yell typically. Yeah. Um, But I I do think that, you know, I heard a psychologist say once, assume good intentions. That's so important
2: with the people. Nobody has been a motto in our house for like (laughs) 10 years. Sometimes (laughs) she'll say something and it'll just be like, assume good intentions. It's just it, it became contentious at one point but i think ultimately if you look at the good in it it is a great saying
1: yeah but but it is you know because most people and like little kids are not doing something to make you mad do you know what i mean by that like right. they didn't just they didn't just like Throw a toy bomb off and up the upstairs <laughs> to make you mad. Like, it boom! Didn't right. Deal with that. It didn't and, occur
3: to them. And what about what about those instances where it's more concerned for the safety of the child? Like say, like oh. they just poured shampoo all over their yeah. head and they're getting in their eyes. They're yeah. Like, oh my gosh, what's going yeah. on? You yeah. know. Well,
1: and and along those lines too, I think I I love this part of parenting when I can effectively do it when you've made a mistake like that and you've yelled and you'd go back to your kid and just say like listen I'm sorry like the reason I react like this and we had something like this recently with Ava where we didn't know where she was she wasn't home she was supposed to be home she'd been at work her phone was dead and we were freaking and out and she
2: had just gone through her breakup so it yeah. was like we were nervous yeah it's just like it how sad
1: is she You know, like, is she going to go do something crazy? We didn't know. I mean, it was actually, we were really, really scared. And it turns out she's getting her nails done and her phone just died. And so she didn't call anyone because her phone died. She was living in the moment. She was living in the moment. But that night, um, Brandon texted me. He's like, you need to text Ava and tell her you're not mad because she's really, really upset. And so I called him like, Ava, I'm not mad. I was scared. Like, we're, we're panicking. We're You're getting this mad vibe from us because we're actually really scared. You cannot do that again. Like, we have to know, you know, where you are. And she wasn't in trouble, but.
2: That's the second time that that's happened to her. Do you remember in the neighborhood when we were playing hide and go seek? And her and our other neighbor. When like, we first moved in. we're missing for like an hour. They were little kids. They were like in fourth grade. Ava was probably like six years old. Yeah.
1: And we had a neighborhood search going on. Well, they didn't have phones back then. They
2: were just they're hiding. They hiding.
1: Forward. They were winning. Hide and seek. It was raining. It was raining. So, so they, they were, won. They yeah, won they... And then and then it shut the game down. Everyone went home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, anything else, Ryan?
3: No, that guess. was it. Uh, yeah, just, good. Uh, I mean, it, it, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think I've done that with my kids yeah. where, where I've had an overreaction because I was concerned for their safety no, and I was scared. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards I had to talk to them yeah. like, look, I, I'm not mad at you. I just yeah, was, was really worried yeah. about mm-hmm. you. And, and your safety. Yeah,
1: I always want to keep you safe. It's been fun for me in the newsroom because the people I sit next to all have kids like about my same age. And I'm just hearing conversations nonstop with these teenage kids, you know, like
2: younger or older, No, about (laughs) the same, you know, I
1: mean, yeah, not our younger kids. And it's been really like, nice for me to listen to these conversations, because as parents, we're just all (laughs) trying our hardest to get our kids through this time. And there's there's no one right way to parent. And we're all trying to do a good job, and I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm hearing conversations too, where all of us are. I mean, it's it's pretty, it's a great relationship that the group of us have on the floor right there, because I don't think there's any judgment, you know. And some of our kids are having big problems at times, and some are having just little problems, but we're just all trying to work through those problems with them. And, and bottom line is, parenting is hard. Yeah, Ryan's like, yes. And Liv, you'll know this someday, (laughs) too. Yeah, I will. Yeah, you'll know. Okay, Liv, thank you so much for coming on today. I think it's been really fun. Hasn't it been fun to listen to Liv's perspective? It
3: has. It's been (laughs) a lively conversation. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's been lively. Okay, and- uh, Have like adrenaline. Yeah, you have adrenaline. See, you had your coat on. I'm like, you're not going to need your coat on. (laughs) It it is off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's off now. (laughs) All right, well, Celebrating the Spectrum is a KSL podcast.